Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Each one of our programs brings you updates and critical events happening from all around the world. We're always fortunate, though, to have the chance to dial in a local ELA lawyer that's practicing on the ground in these jurisdictions and working daily with their clients to help them move through difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and we receive critical issues from members all around the world. Today, we're chatting with one of our members in South Africa. Joining us on the program today is Chloe Lobscher, Senior Associate at Bowman's. Chloe's in her office in Cape Town with a great view of Table Mountain. Welcome to the program, Chloe. How are you? Hi, Peter. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Doing great. So today we're going to cover a topic of South Africa with relationship to this Protection of Personal Information Act. And I'd like to start talking a little bit about that. I know that act came into play last summer, somewhere around July. And I understand that your firm has developed a toolkit. But let's talk more about that legislation and how people can get a hold of the toolkit for sure. But what will this legislation do to affect employers and what do they need to be aware of? Sure. So the Protection of Personal Information Act applies to the processing of personal information of data subjects by responsible parties where that personal information is contained in a record. So if we break that down a little bit, a responsible party is the person or body who alone or in conjunction with others determines the purpose and the means for processing of that personal information. Now, personal information includes any information that relates to an identifiable, living, natural person or to an existing juristic person. So when it comes to employers, they would be the responsible party insofar as they process the personal information of their employees. For example, their employees' personal details, disciplinary records, medical information, performance review documents, that kind of thing. And what employers need to understand is that they need to process that information in line with this act, and in particular, the eight conditions for lawful processing. Now, I won't go into all of those eight conditions now, but very briefly, they include processing limitation, meaning that there needs to be a justifiable ground recognized under the Act for the particular processing, purpose specification, meaning that personal information must only be collected for a specific, explicitly defined and lawful purpose related to the functions or activities of that responsible party, openness, which refers to the notification requirements that must be complied with when a responsible party collects personal information, and then security safeguards that need to be in place to prevent loss or damage or unauthorized access or unlawful access to personal information. And for employers, this one is really important because when it comes to third parties that may be processing their employees' information on their behalf, for example, payroll providers that are outside parties, what we call operators, the employer needs to make sure that there is a written agreement in place governing the processing of that information and that the agreement includes an obligation on that operator to maintain appropriate security safeguards when it comes to that information. And in terms of security safeguard provisions, there's also an obligation to report any data breaches to the data subject as well as to our information regulator. That's very interesting. And and now that we're talking about personal information, is there any particular kind of personal information that maybe attracts special protection? 
Yes. So within personal information, there is a subcategory of information referred to as special personal information. And that information relates to a data subject's religious or philosophical beliefs, race or ethnic origin, trade union membership, political persuasion, health or sex life, biometric information, or information relating to the data subject's criminal behavior. Now, there is a general prohibition in the Act on processing these kinds of special personal information unless one of the general authorizing provisions in Section 27 of the Act applies. And this includes, for example, that the data subject has specifically consented to the processing of that personal information or where the processing is required in terms of a law. There are also then a number of particular authorizing provisions which apply depending on the type of special personal information that you're processing. So, for example, if we think about an employer, they sometimes need to process an employee's medical information. So, for example, if an employee goes on sick leave, they'll request a medical certificate. This processing of health information is permissible in terms of the Act because the Act provides that the prohibition on processing health data doesn't apply where the processing is done by an employer and it's necessary for the implementation of a law like our sick leave provisions in our Basic Conditions of Employment Act, which creates rights dependent on the health status of that data subject. However, the Act does make it clear that in these circumstances, the employer does need to take special safeguards to secure the confidentiality of that information. So it sounds like, again, there's a lot of moving parts in this, and I imagine there's consequences for employers that fail to comply. So what are some of the consequences employers may risk if they don't comply with the Act? So there are various compliance proceedings that may be instituted against responsible parties, and these would usually be sparked by a complaint that is received by the information regulator. Any person may submit a complaint to the regulator in the prescribed manner and form where they believe that there has been some kind of interference with the protection of personal information of a data subject. And that interference would include, for example, that there has been a breach of one of those eight conditions for the lawful processing. So let's say, again, this is an act that's been around since the middle of the summer, and I'm sure there's been plenty of compliance. But again, there's probably employers who are not currently processing personal information in line with the Act. So are they at risk of enforcement measures, those employers that are not currently processing in compliance with the Act? So the enforcement measures will only actually come into force next year. While the substantive provisions of the Act have come into force on the 1st of July of 2020, including those conditions for the lawful processing, provision is made for a one-year transitional period. So that comes to an end on the 30th of June, 2021. And only from that date can the enforcement measures actually come into effect. And there are quite uh, substantive fines that can be levied on employers if they fail to comply, or generally on responsible parties if they fail to comply with the provisions of the Act. And this includes administrative penalties of up to 10 million rand. So quite hefty fines there. Sounds like it. So again, lots of things to think about, and I know that your firm has developed this toolkit, which we'll talk about in closing, but what are some of the immediate steps that our listeners can do now for those listening in in South Africa or those doing business in South Africa that are possibly impacted by this? Share with us some of the immediate steps you'd recommend employers take 
to make sure that they're compliant with the new regulations? So there are five steps that we would recommend. The first one is that responsible parties need to register their information officer and their deputy information officer with our information regulator. At this stage, in terms of the draft guidelines that have been published, that registration is required by 31 March 2021. Now, an information officer is a statutory appointment in terms of the Act, and it's also a requirement in terms of another piece of legislation called the Promotion of Access to Information Act. So the information officer essentially performs duties under both of those pieces of legislation and is responsible for compliance on behalf of the responsible party. Once you have appointed your compliance officer, the second step would be to conduct an impact risk assessment on the personal information that you're processing. Thirdly, you should prepare a compliance framework and put in place adequate processes for the lawful processing of your personal information. Fourthly, responsible parties must prepare, or if they already have one in existence, update their PIA manual, which is a requirement in terms of that other piece of legislation I mentioned, the Promotion of Access to Information Act. And then lastly, we would advise that employers conduct awareness training with their employees. Now, all of these last four steps are all responsibilities that are specifically placed on the information officer in terms of the PAPIA regulations. So what I would recommend is that if you need help with any of those steps, you can access our website at www.bowmanslaw.com. And if you log into our employment page there, you'll see information about our new PAPIA toolkit for employers. Pop an email to the email address that's set out there and you can get access to our toolkit. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Again, a complicated process going on in South Africa, but it sounds like Bowman's is helping to make that simpler with that toolkit. So encourage our listeners, visit the website, download that toolkit, or certainly you can reach out to Chloe. If you'd like to connect with Chloe or any of our lawyers around the world, please reach out to them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Finder Lawyer widget in the center of the page. There you can also sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.